Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Well, hi there. We are on the road this week. We're actually in Las Vegas. Gambling, all kinds of stuff here. That's That's not on the road, Linda. We're not on the road. We're on the strip. (laughs) Actually, we're here for a tennis uh, tournament that Rick is in, and he actually won today. Well, no, I'm so round. surprised. Don't act like that's such a rare thing. It never actually, happened. Should I? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, we are having fun. He's having fun. You always have fun when you win. And uh, he's playing again tomorrow. We'll let you know next week how that goes. No, well, we might. We might let you know. Who knows? But we're we're just on our way down to a, a wonderful meeting in Arizona. This is just stopping off point because we get a chance to speak to some really remarkable um Parents, you know, young parents who have young kids, and when you have young parents with young kids, they have a whole lot of questions. And they're really good at taking advice um, until it doesn't work, and then they try something else. But um, they are really outstanding. This is an organization called the Entrepreneurs Organization. Some of these people are serial entrepreneurs. They have started so many companies, they just can't be happy with the last one. they got to go on to the next one. But um, they really are terrific parents and trying hard to be better and are open to good ideas. Yep, that is for sure. And um, I guess the thing that we feel so happy about is that every time we get a chance to speak to parents, young parents, it makes us realize what a bad job our own kids are doing as parents. And then we have to go back and lecture them all the time and try to straighten them out so they'll be better parents. That's the job of a grandparent, to get their kids to do a better job of parenting. That is totally a joke. <laughs> totally a joke. Honestly, our kids are so much better parents than we were. They are awesome. Our kids and our people, our children married. We are so, so blessed to have so many good parents in our family. And none of them have any problems at all, and all their families are just completely perfect. Right. And when somebody <laughs> asks me, how are your kids, um, which is kind of a broad question when somebody has nine kids, I always say, well, they're all fine except the ones that are in crisis this week. Yeah. And somebody is always in crisis. We have two crises this week. <laughs> one, one, of the, one of the funniest things that ever happens to us is we'll be giving a presentation somewhere, and someone will come up and say, Oh, I just admire you so much because you're all done with your parenting now. All your kids are gone. We're like, we're like, um, maybe we should just not say anything. Maybe we should let them think that once the kids leave the home, their job is over and everything's just fine. <laughs> and they can live happier lives knowing that when they get there, they'll be surprised. Um, but we'll take it. We'll take it. The, the the crises along with the good times, and, you know, that's what makes you into stronger people, right? There's so many things as a grandparent, by the way, that you miss. Uh, and that's That'll seem funny to some of you who are young parents in the throes of difficult everyday parenting challenges. Uh, we really miss that in a lot of ways. We miss events, too, sometimes, like our little granddaughter, Lucy, is getting baptized and we want to be there, but she's in China. <laughs> they just couldn't get to Shanghai. It's a We're little so bit of a long... Sad. We've got a daughter and son-in-law living in Shanghai now, and that's another topic. We 
we need to spend a show sometime on how grandparents can talk their kids into living down the street from them instead of halfway around the world, right? <laughs> right, except we kind of fostered that because we traveled so much with the kids when they were little, and I got in their blood, I guess. In fact, one of our other sons, whose birthday was yesterday, is actually in China right now, too. He's there for school. He's getting his master's in business from USC, and, and they, they asked him to go to China for a week, and he said, oh, sure, fine. just happens to be that my sister's there. So they are meeting this week in Shanghai, and even though they were both in Beijing this week. So, you know, you just never know where your kids are going to end up. Now, there are many of you who do live in the same city with your grandparents and with your uh, brothers and sisters and so on, and we admire you for that. There's a lot of wonderful things in that. But for those of you who do have some distance between yourself and members of your family who you love, aren't we blessed that we have technology? I mean, aren't we blessed that we have Skype and that we have FaceTime and we can actually visit with our daughter and California, and whether it's in California or in Shanghai, and see the kids and sometimes even watch their soccer games through technology and so on. It's just, it's a wonderful time. On the one hand, it's a wonderful time to be a parent or a grandparent. On the other hand, it's probably the hardest time ever to be a parent and a grandparent because of all the forces that seem to be aligned against us, and I'm talking about everything from peer group to the Internet to uh, the, the whole culture of uh, learning things and having instant access to everything and the entitlement attitudes that go on. It's a tough, tough time, but we're not going to get into any of those deep, dark things today. In fact, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to suggest to you that Thanksgiving Coming up this month, this, this, we think of November as the Thanksgiving month. And that alone is a little bit hard to do because retailers and, and commercial interests would want you to just almost forget November and jump right from Halloween into the craziness of a commercialized Christmas. And in fact, we were reading today in the newspaper that people aren't calling the, 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 they're not calling it Thanksgiving anymore. You know what they're calling it, Linda? Black Thursday, because they're thinking of it as the big sale for Christmas. Well, it's usually back Black Friday. Well, no, they're saying Black Thursday now, and because people go in and shop all day on Thanksgiving. That's crazy stuff, because Thanksgiving is the best family holiday of all. Well, I absolutely agree, and it's one that we skip right over. In fact, I saw on TV this morning that all the big sales are going on the day after Halloween. And that is really sad. I mean, it was, I guess, Monday morning, so it was the Monday after Halloween. But honestly, there were mobs in there. It was so scary. It looked like people were getting trampled. Um, just getting in on these sales, people are nuts about that. Well, I don't mind the sales. And, I mean, I guess if that's how, if that's how products get moved and so on, retailers have got to do it. But what's troubling I mean, I do mind it. It is it is a little crazy. But what's really troubling to me is that we're losing Thanksgiving. And and you know, honestly, let me just make a two minute case for how how great Thanksgiving is. It's the time when families traditionally gather. It's the time when we really ponder and pause for a minute and think how grateful we are, how much we have to be grateful for. 
Most of us think of the pilgrims when we think of the first Thanksgiving. And indeed, there is evidence that those pilgrims had a feast and thought about what they were thankful for and shared what they had with the Indians, who the Native Americans who shared back with them. And, and that's a wonderful thing. But you may not know that it was exactly 150 years ago this year that Abraham Lincoln made it official and declared Thanksgiving a national holiday and a time to remember, to pause and remember how many blessings we have. And if it was true then, 150 years ago, think how true it is today. We have so much to be grateful for. And when families gather and, you know, try to do their best to share that Thanksgiving with each other, that is a marvelous, marvelous holiday. It's not as commercial as Halloween or Christmas, thank goodness. And maybe that's the reason commercial interests would like to just jump right over Thanksgiving and go from pumpkins and witches right immediately to Santa Claus and, and Christmas trees. It really is kind of the forgotten holiday as far as the media is concerned because it isn't very lucrative, I guess. I mean, you know, you can only buy so many turkeys and cornucopias. And that's about it. it. So it really is pretty interesting that so often we forget about that part. But I think everybody that we talk to says, oh, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, favorite holiday. And it truly is a wonderful time to be thankful. We were talking on the first of the show how how scary it is for our parents and grandparents. I think it's more scary for the grandkids because they're the ones that have to actually grow up in the world. But on the other hand, it is a wonderful time because we can be in touch with each other, as you said. Um, we have a son-in-law, actually. This is not family together, but it's a miracle. Um, tomorrow, he is he is having an interview uh, in, in San Francisco with Bank of America, which is in London. He's going into a virtual boardroom, and he'll be sitting there and looking around and seeing the people he's talking to as if they were in the room. I mean, it is going to be amazing as we get farther and farther down the road what we're going to be able to do with families to be able to get them together. Like yeah, there's no excuse to not get together with your family for Thanksgiving. But, but let me say this. Linda, you'll, you'll think I'm being a little bombastic here, a little overly dramatic. But yeah, you have been known to do Linda, that. we are so sick of Thanksgiving being lost in the shuffle that we have struck a blow for a return to the sanctity of the Thanksgiving holiday. And we've done so by writing a book. And um, we want to tell you, you listeners on BYU Radio, we want to give you the heads up and the advance notice on this book that's just barely been released, and it's called The Thankful Heart. And it is, unashamedly, a book about Thanksgiving, not just Thanksgiving as a noun, but thanks hyphen giving as a verb and how connected that kind of thanksgiving and gratitude is to happiness and to well-being and to all kinds of other things that are that are really good. And, and we've got a wonderful producer at BYU Radio named Ben, who we like a lot, and Ben just told us before the show that he's posted a sample of some of the pages from A Thankful Heart on BYURadio.org. So we invite you to go on there and have a look, and we're going to tell you a little about why that book means so much to us and why in November 
we're just so thrilled to be able to try our best to get everyone thinking a little less about the commercial shopping and a little more about Thanksgiving because we do love it, Linda. I think it's, I, ever since we've been married, it's been our favorite holiday, don't you think? It has, and now we love our publisher, Familius, um, that only does books on family. Uh, it's based in California, but they have been so good about publishing these books because many of our children contributed to it. In fact, much of the photography, it's really a, t- a coffee table book, beautifully done, thanks to uh, David, our designer. Yeah, we wanted, we didn't want to, I mean, we thought it won't do any good to write some heavy sort of book of prose about Thanksgiving. What we need is something beautiful, because Thanksgiving is a beautiful thing. It's, a, it's just a, it's something to revel in. And, and so some of our kids who are wonderful photographers, professionals really, uh, and our daughter, our adopted daughter from Bulgaria, who truly is a professional photographer, did all of the photo work. And it's a book that you look at as much as read and you get this feeling of Thanksgiving. So let's take a little break. And when we come back, let's talk a little more about the joy of Thanksgiving. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. We um, started the show with uh, actually catching you up on where we are, and now we are talking about Thanksgiving um, because we have just done a brand new book on Thanksgiving. We've always thought Thanksgiving or being grateful is the answer to everything. Every problem you have, you know, the old song of, you know, when you're worried you can't sleep, start counting your blessings instead of sheep. As soon as you start counting your blessings, life does not seem as bad as it did a few minutes ago. And I have to correct Richard a little bit. He said, our children did all the photography in this book. They did not. We um, we had some help, and actually the publisher at one point said, there's too many white faces in here. Could we just mix this up a little bit? <laughs> we need some Asian faces and some black faces. So there are those as well. But we do have remarkable photographers. I don't know how that happened. I used to lay awake night thinking, what if I have a prima ballerina in this family and I don't know anything about ballet? What can I do? How, how do I know? And as it turns out, we realized as the kids have grown up that they gravitate to what they love. And really five of our children gravitated to photography. Yeah. And even it's, though we really... We had no interest in it. You were a good photographer. Well, I, t- I, I took the photos that illustrated some of our early books, but I was I was a Neanderthal compared to these kids of ours in terms of how great they are. In fact, one person read uh, The Thankful Heart and said, you know, I really, I mean, you wrote a few little things in there, but it was really a book of your, of your kids' photography. <laughs> and I said, well, that's really probably true. I mean, that's... That, that, I think anyone who wants to get the spirit of Thanksgiving would probably rather look at some photos, which essentially prompt gratitude. I mean, you say, I'm grateful for beauty. I'm grateful for the world. I'm grateful for friends. I'm grateful for family. And all those emotions come through a lot better in photographs than they do in in prose or even in poetry. But I'll tell you, we had a lot of fun on this book. And and we decided to call it the thankful heart because when you really think about it, that's that's 
that's what all of us need. We need a heart which looks for things to be grateful for and responds to, to beauty and to people and so on. And I think that it's... Um, but here's the thing. I want to just say this and then get your reaction to this, Linda, because I, I don't know if everyone would buy this completely. But what we essentially say in the book is Thanksgiving is not a pathway to happiness. Thanksgiving, thanks hyphen giving, is happiness in its most obtainable form. Because the idea is you, you can't just go out and, I mean, this has been a subject of writers forever of saying, how do you actually seek happiness? I mean, if you just go out and say, I want to be happier, I'm going to look for happiness, I'm going to find it, that doesn't seem to work. It's not a skill. Happiness is kind of a gift. It's a, it's it's something that the more you seek it, the less you may find it. But thanksgiving, gratitude, that is a skill. We can train ourselves. We can practice being more grateful, noticing more things, saying thank you more often. That's a skill. And when we learn that skill, guess what? We become happier. Well, and we actually realize that it isn't just in November that we need to be thankful. And um, our publisher was very aware of that. He said, we need to do a book that applies to all year. So it's actually written month by month. And specific things that you can be grateful for, some things that you can write down, some things, some exercises you can do to be happier about being grateful and really appreciating the things in your life that you need to be grateful for. But, you know, it got us into some... um you got to send us some research. That that's one interesting thing about writing a book. You sometimes, in your research, you end up learning a whole. You thought you knew something about the subject, otherwise you wouldn't be writing the book, right? But as you research it, you find a lot of stuff that you didn't really know. For example, there are a lot of studies that show that being grateful and saying thanks and and having, uh, frankly, saying thanks to God too, having a spiritual sense of thanksgiving is directly related to health and well-being. People who practice gratitude tend to live longer. They tend to to be sick less often. Now, obviously, there's exceptions, but but as a a general statistic, there's a direct relationship. And, And we found out a lot of things like that, that those who are thankful really, really have a better life. And, and again, you can just decide. That's, that's what's so great about, in a way, becoming good at Thanksgiving is almost the easiest thing in the world. It's easier than going on a diet. I mean, you can say, hey, I want to lose weight. I'm going to go on a diet. But do you have the willpower to do it? It's actually easier to say, I'm going to be a grateful person. I'm going to start now. I'm going to start noticing things, and I'm going to start being grateful for them. You can do that by the sheer will of your own mind. And, and what... Why don't we do it more? I mean, that's the question, Linda. Why Why do we live in a society that largely sort of takes things for granted, you know? And if we lose something, then we're like, oh, I really missed that. I really want it. I mean, take a toothache. I had a toothache the other day, and I'm I'm like, ah, it's so terrible. I just, I just wish that I, my teeth were fine. But two days before when my teeth were fine, was I saying, Oh, man, I'm so grateful for my teeth that I don't have a toothache today. Right. Which isn't actually very common in our house because one or the other of us <laughs> has a toothache almost every other week. I mean, we have the worst teeth on the face of the earth. But it is true that you don't really appreciate something enough until you've lost it. 
And it is so sad that we don't every day just say, I am so grateful for, and then just fill that in. Um, actually, there is a little sample of this book Richard mentioned in the first half on um, BYU.org, our producer. BYURadio.org. Sorry, I'll get that right. Um, our producer, Ben, has Our producer, Benjamin. Benjamin. <laughs> oh, my gosh, we just talked about that. Um, Benjamin has has actually posted out. Um, what is it? What would you call well, it? Well, it's a sample. It's sample. like you see the cover of the book, and then you you see some of the spreads, meaning you know you open it, and there's a big full bleed photo on one side, and a little poem on the other side, and so on. Well, I do have to say that I am just a bit embarrassed about the last third of the book. I shouldn't say that, but the last third of the book is all of our Thanksgiving cards. We've been sending Thanksgiving cards instead of Christmas cards for forty-five years. And that is true. how long we've been married. And um, it really is funny because, not funny, but Richard has written these beautiful poems every year. And My one poem a year. I write exactly one no, poem No, you write a lots of poetry every year. <laughs> beautiful poetry. But actually the pictures are there along with, so it kind of goes through our life of gratitude. Um, on Thanksgiving and throughout the year. But honestly, the first year when I had two little girls, I was so hassled. And the picture shows me with my dress, with my uh, hangers, you know, the little straps that you're supposed to use to hang on hangers, hanging out on my dress <laughs> on both sides. It was so typical. Well, they're hanging out. That thing. <laughs> so if you look, I think it's only in black and white, so it's hard, kind of hard to see. But if you look, you will see those things hanging out of my dress, <laughs> those two little babies on my lap. I was so overwhelmed with mothering at that point. Well, I, 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 let me clarify what Linda's saying a little bit. We, you know, we're putting this book together, and the, the first part is sort of a tribute to Thanksgiving and how how obtainable gratitude is as a skill. And then the second part of the book is what you could do every month, like in November. Here's a, here's a little exercise you can do to increase your gratitude. And then in December, here's another one that ties in with Christmas. And then in January, here's another perspective on gratitude. So it's like a, a one-year sort of plan for, for becoming better at the skill of gratitude and thanksgiving. And then the, the third part that you're talking about, honey, is it is... In a way, it's embarrassing, but in a way, it may be the most useful part of the book because it sort of uses our family as a as a case study in in moving deeper into gratitude. And, and, and one reason it's embarrassing is the early cards that we would send out, and we did. We we just decided Thanksgiving cards would mean more to people than Christmas cards. Well, just because it gets done before Christmas and they pay attention because you get so many. Well, and because it's about it's about gratitude, and these you send them to people you're grateful for. Right. Yeah. But anyway, um, we realized that we had those 44 years worth of Thanksgiving cards, so we just put them in. That's almost like an appendix at the back of the book. But what it shows is that we, I mean, again. I'm grateful for this fact. We have become better at gratitude. Right at first, we thought, in the first few years, we thought gratitude was saying, thanks for being our friend, sort of the end, you know? And then we developed sort of deeper feelings about what gratitude is. So uh, I'm kind of glad we put that in the book. I know you are. And, and actually, I'm sure I will be too, but I just, I, I hope that people don't feel like we're inviting them over to see our family movies. <laughs> yeah, that's no, true. For all night. Hey, buy this book and see the Irish slides from 45 years. <laughs> this doesn't 
set very well. Anyway, it, we did have fun doing it, and uh, and really, our designer did a beautiful job of pulling that all together. I still don't know how he did it. Lovely David, we love him. Well, now let's just say we, you know, you parents who are listening and grandparents, um, we're on a mission. We want to sort of convert people to the gospel of Thanksgiving in a way, and. We're going to do another show on Thanksgiving, uh, a little more practical one, next week on BYU Radio. And we're going to actually talk about Thanksgiving traditions because, you know, I think everyone knows sort of inherently, if they haven't figured it out logically, that, that traditions and rituals within families are really sort of the glue that holds families together. And, and even crazy, silly traditions seem to have a powerful sort of bonding effect with children and parents and brothers and sisters and so on. And so we're going to try to spend most of our time next week on Ayers on the Road talking about some Thanksgiving traditions that we have seen that have really paid dividends for families we've known and some that have, we've done in our family because... We want to do that fairly early in November. We want you to have time to think and sort of maybe make this Thanksgiving the best one you've ever had, the most family-centered, most memorable Thanksgiving you've ever had. And we'd like to be helpful with that. So I think that'll be a lot of fun next week, Linda, because we do have some really, I was going to say crazy, but some really interesting family traditions on Thanksgiving. We do. and But we do have to mention that it's just not, as we said earlier in the show, it's not all peaches and cream. We know there are some families that are really hard to get together, some siblings that don't like to be with each other or parents that are at odds or divorce situations and so on. So there are some really um, sticky situations involved with Thanksgiving. Well, and we're not going to have all of our family together for Thanksgiving. Some of them are going to gather in, in New York. Three of our children are going to at least be together with each other. But we'll probably be with only a couple of our kids, but that's okay because, again, we'll link in. One of the traditions, in fact, we're going to talk about next week is getting everyone together online to say what they're thankful for. But look forward to that. We're out of time, Linda, but uh, wonderful to think about Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time on Iris on the Road. We're thankful for you. Bye-bye.